All right, welcome back. Okay, I am here with Nate Jones, a musician and artist, and um, this is take two for us. Uh, but uh, we're, it's always a pleasure to meet with Nate, so it's all good. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Joanne. Happy to be here. Uh, um, so, I know lots of wonderful things are happening for you, and I want to share all that. But my first question is, um, when do you think you were first creative, or realized that you were creative? Well, yeah, um, that's a really, it is an interesting question. Um, so, probably... When I was a little kid, I, I really liked to design uh, houses. Uh, I had some computer programs where I could sketch out uh, the, the, the model for a home and build it and put all the furniture in it, pick all the colors. And I was very interested in that stuff. I always liked building forts. And I think that was one of my first sources of creative expression was fort building. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, once I got these programs, as I got older, I would, I would draw out the houses on paper and make sketch plans of them. And then I would take them on this program. And it was kind of a way of uh, ultimate fun for me as a kid, feeling like there was a really important objective uh, in front of me. And I, I didn't, I felt very in the moment doing it. And I think that's how I know that I was being creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You didn't know to name it creative. It just it, felt... It, exactly. It was a, a state of authentic kind of flow where I'd, I would be six, seven hours at a time in front of the computer screen where my parents would have to be like, Nate, all right, come on. Um, which <laughs> Take was, a break. Which is unusual because I had, you know, ADHD and was very kind of all over the place as a child and very physically active as I still am. So it was remarkable, you know, looking back that I was able to sit still for that long and really focus on that. I was definitely engaged creatively. Well, I always say that when you lose time doing something that's really your soul I mean you're really speaking to your mm. your divine self there because um, everything just falls away and you're just in the moment yeah and, uh, it's a great thing did you ever make a fort did you have actually create a fort oh probably hundreds <laughs> I just made one in my room a few days ago <laughs> No. <laughs> with sheets with sheets awesome with sheets. awesome awesome i can't wait for you to see the zen room the spiritual room yeah. that i have going on because you know there's a drop ceiling uh -huh. so i've got sheets up in the ceiling and all that kind of stuff just really making it make creating a playful vibe not necessarily playing by the adult rules right like mm -hmm. this house is sort of like my it's my playground it's my adult playground nice that's the point when you said that i just thought of womb like, you know what I mean? Like it's your Zen place, but it's like, it sounds mm. something in the ceiling and, and being there, in yeah. softness around you. Exactly. You There's know? a cozy feeling about it. And I think that, you know, those, those, the, the environments that we're in really shape our mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're around a lot of vibrant colors, when there's music playing, uh, the brighter it is, you know, science shows we're more likely to talk to people, we're more likely to be social, you know, and maybe when the, the room is full of cooler colors or soft surfaces and, and calming scents and, and sounds, it's a lot more incentive for us to sort of relax and, and look inward and withdraw and kind of recoup. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk about um, your music and what's going on with that. Well. Uh, so I've been playing music professionally now for almost three years. It's actually 
probably about three years ago that I first sang in front of people. Um, I performed Hey Hey My My by Neil Young with my harmonica <laughs> uh, at an open mic. And that was kind of my first taste of uh, expressing my art in front of other people and getting a positive reaction uh, for it, which was really cool. Or someone saying, hey, that's my favorite Neil Young song. You did a great job. I think that's what kind of got me going. Um, so I, I played my first show uh, in June of 2016. So we're, we're almost coming on three years now. And I've been fortunate enough where I've, I've had other jobs in the past. Um, really the only job I was doing concurrently with music was uh, working at an American Ninja Warrior gym, uh, just doing coaching and fitness training and things like that, and hosting birthday parties for little kids, which I, I really enjoy working with kids. Um, but one thing that's cool about music is it's such a, an abstract experience that there are almost countless ways to frame it. So. Now, I don't really drink myself, but when I go out to a bar, it's almost like that's the adult playground, and that's where I'm able to bring out the childlike sides of all the people around me by playing music and by getting them happy, smiling, dancing, talking to each other. You know, just people are never going to have that time back, so if you can make it fun for them, you've, you've done something that really matters. That's great. Yeah. 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 Now, before um, your first open mic, did you consider being a musician? Did you consider making a, a... How long have you been playing? So I took piano lessons as a little boy uh, from the age of six to about 13, 12, 13. Um, around, around 10, around the age of 10, I started taking guitar lessons, but my hands were too small and I just couldn't focus. I was not, just was not interested. Um, Piano I never practiced, um, I, but I would go on my own and figure things out or do little melodies or kind of write my own music or, you know, whatever expression of writing my own music was when I could barely play. Um, since then, I have picked up the guitar again, which was about eight years later after my freshman year of college. I was just home from school, saw my old electric guitar, and for whatever reason, you know, what you said earlier, the divine voice or whatever inside me, I felt called to pick it up and said, I, I want to play this right now. And I just started messing around on it. And, you know, it's great when you have an electric guitar and a big amp, you can really kind of sound like a rock star without too much effort. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, then it's a matter of believing that you actually could be a rock star, which that process took a lot for me to, to catch up to that realization. So I would say, I've been playing guitar now for about almost seven years. Um, piano, I have rediscovered. So I've been playing piano now again for about six years. But I, I would say probably the most important uh, step in my musical journey, for me at least, is playing drums. Mm -hmm. um, because drumming is considered uh, an music it's considered an instrument but really it's it's sort of rhythmic it's very percussive and basically everyone ever who's tapped their hand or foot before uh, understands what drumming is without really having to think too hard about it so for me I felt this instant connection to the drum set uh, my dad's a drummer he's been playing for over 45 years wow. um, he 
professionally? For, for, he, yeah, he was in a band called What Now? Um, and they played with some pretty great bands. They, they played with uh, Minutemen, they played with Husker Du. Um, they were traveling all around New England uh, in the sort of the post-punk scene of the 1980s, like kind of right before Nirvana got big and really changed the direction of, of pop music or at least rock music. Um, so he's always put music in front of me and you know in my ears and suggested songs to me and it's amazing now we've been actually able to jam together a lot and sometimes when I think about the fact that you know maybe I'm feeling guilty or there might be moments when I doubt myself in my career and you know everyone has that feeling of oh I hope my parents are proud of me I think that there's really nothing better I could have done because if I had just gone out and gotten some marketing job like it seemed that was the way things were going to go then the hundreds of hours that I've spent playing music with my dad that just wouldn't exist and you know the the experiences we've shared together through that I, I even got my mom to play drums with me wow once, which is pretty cool she doesn't think she did a good job but she did because you know all you got to do is not judge yourself yeah and keep going yeah um, so I, I feel uh, vindicated in a way knowing that the choices I've made have led to happiness for other people as well as myself. Um, so, so drumming has really kind of been the glue that anchored everything together and I am the drummer of two bands, uh, one band called Neapolitan. Uh, we have a couple songs on Spotify and we're, we're coming out with another album soon. Nice. Um, but the concept behind that is the name Neapolitan like the ice cream where you have three individual flavors that are branded as one product, you know, chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, and my friendship with my uh, bassist and guitarist, my two best friends, I, are, it's very much like that where we all have our own voice but there's definitely a collective objective that we all have together so that kind of fit perfectly with the band name. Nice. Um, and through playing out with them and being at different venues, I ended up meeting another guy who is in a band called The Big Lonesome from Boston. So I've been playing drums with them for about a year now. I got to go on a short tour with them uh, in April, which took place during the Artist's Way class that you and I were in. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're actually going out in April in about just about a month. Um, I'm getting flown down to San Antonio. Wow. And we're going from San Antonio to Austin to Houston to New Orleans, Atlanta, Nashville, some some really amazing cities on a basically like a cross country month long tour. On a tour bus? Uh well we don't have a bus just yet. We got a big uh, fifteen passenger van. Okay. So that's where all the gear goes and there's plenty of space for us. Nice. Um, but it's really cool to see original music scenes all around the country see what people are creating mm -hmm. and you just it's so easy for you to say oh music sucks nowadays well I mean that have you listened to all the music out there you know it's it's really an unfair statement um, we know what makes money we yeah. know that pop music has always been pop music um, but I think there's an opportunity in front of us especially with the digital age and you know I hesitate to call it social media, but with media, uh, we're really able to get our messages across and share our music with people that, that never would have been able to hear it before. And it's almost like the, the fundamental way that the universe works at all is 
disparate phenomena connecting with each other, right? Um, complexity over here interacting with complexity over here, and then suddenly they're forming new layers of complexity. So we're getting new kinds of music, different influences, and it's been really, really cool to travel around and see that, hey, I'm not the only one that's up to something here. Like, mm -hmm. Other people have ideas and are sharing them, and it, it really gives you a lot of fuel for your fire as a uh, creative person and entrepreneur, because that's really what musicians are. We're, we're creating a product and we're attempting to sell it to people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I also think too that if you can stretch yourself, which I'm always talking about, um, it, you know, if you just listen to your pop radio, your FM station, you're going to get the same generic stuff, but if you open it up and you, you know, start listening to Sirius and checking out different channels and, and the, the media and there's so many, there's so much out there, there really is. that you, you know, can uh, open up your taste and see what's happening in all different venues and all different genres and new genres. I'm sure they're creating new genres, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Isn't it interesting how like the concept of a genre, right? Like, so, so, um, think about it first from the perspective of the fact that, uh, all of this that we're talking about here boils down to one thing and that's vibration, mm -hmm. which means on and off, you know, sound and silence. So we been able, we've managed as a species to create such complexity out of this dualistic relationship of sound and silence that now we have the word genre where you can apply that to a sound that you hear and instantly conveys hundreds of different micro meanings to you, right? Like if I said, I'm going to play you a jazz song, that's going to prime you for a particular sort of experience. Or if I told you I'm going to play you some death metal, you're, you're just you're already thinking of well, what is this about to be? But if I said, let me play you a song. It's wide open. It's wide open. Yeah. It's wide open. So I, I definitely am conscious of genre and there are some that I like a lot more than others. But for my music, um, I try to really not put a particular genre on it. Obviously there are certain patterns of music like say blues. That's not necessarily a genre as much as it is a like a chord progression mm -hmm. really and so there's a lot of different ways you can look at at what a genre is but for me i would say what i'm really trying to bring forth into the world is spirituality bringing that back into music not that it's ever been lost um but at least for me to filter all of the music i listen to through a spiritual lens uh, rather than a lens of personal gain or excitement or, or a particular emotion, like say, oh, I want to listen to sad music today. You know, that sometimes <laughs> we get in those moods, but, but rather than looking at it like that, I like to look at it from the perspective of connecting and connecting with an emotion that's, that's in you because we really don't fully understand them. Mm -hmm. So for me, spiritually minded music is where I feel myself being most authentic, like deep lyrics, um, musical melodies that convey something that would really be understood even without the words. Mm -hmm. But when the words come in, they kind of back it up and paint 
paint a picture, no pun intended, kind of tell a story. Yep. And I think that's the way to help people think outside the box in all areas of their life is when they have an experience where they say, hey, I can't really label that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's causing me to have a new experience. Yeah. So I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, I know Jocelyn, when she is looking at music, she's always looking for what she calls the rising, that crescendo of emotion that comes, you know? Um, And yeah, she's really into sad songs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, and, and I would even say that, you know, like you're talking about spirituality, but I think music in and of itself is is so powerful and can move you in so many ways and and it's even evident that um i I had a sister-in-law that has passed away now but um she had alzheimer's at a very young age Mm -hmm. and she lost her ability to speak early on wow she was talking gibberish right away a song would come on and she would be able to sing the words (laughs) yeah and um it, it and there's this other woman my mom's in a home and she's young she's in her late 40s and uh, she has Alzheimer's and uh, it's so sad to see her there but you have music on and her feet are tapping and it just that um, I think it lifts you whether the song is spiritual in nature and I, and that's such an open thing too uh, I, I, it's just so important yeah it's so important and it's so ingrained in our DNA to, it is. to um, that even when we don't have our cognitive skills, mm-hmm. the other side of us takes over right. and uh, and uh, is transported, which is what we want. It is, and that's a perfect segue when you say um, it's in our DNA, because the reason, and I actually, I also have I, my uncle um, is battling dementia, and he's in a nursing home, and I've brought my guitar there a couple times and he used to really love Bob Seger so I played a couple Bob Seger songs and you can just instantly notice um, that his eye contact is more engaged that his body and positioning are more relaxed and then other people at the place start coming in and gathering around and say hey I know that song and and these people are asking you questions that make absolutely no sense uh, they're saying things to you that they understand there's a person in front of me, but they don't understand really the the meaning or the objectives behind the moment uh, in a practical sense. Mm-hmm. They're really just kind of there and they're just overjoyed to be interacting with you. So when the music kicks in, suddenly something in these people's brains just makes sense. And I, I well, I know that why that is, it's, it's because music connects every single area of the brain. And whether that's listening to music um, or playing music, even if you're just listening to music, it activates the motor cortex in your your brain Hmm. because you are imagining movements, you are imagining a rhythm, and you're building a picture of something that because you can't see it, your brain is really working to say, hey, wait a second, something's going on here guys right it's communicating with every other part of your brain saying hey something's going on we let's figure this out yeah don't you think it's the energy like it, it, it it's vib- it's vibrational well, you know what course. i mean but i mean it, it um i just think it's souls connecting it's connecting souls hmm. um on levels that we can't we can't 
just put a word to, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why even when they're not able to communicate, they're communicating. Right. Maybe not in any way that we can, it's almost like if we had alien invasion and that, you know, they're sending out signals and we don't know what they're saying, but <laughs> we're connecting on right. some level. There, there's some, and I like that you said some level because there are many levels of communication connection. There's, you know, I could say nothing to you and just kind of, the way I position my body can make you feel a certain way. Right. And then maybe if I make a sound or start moving, like say dancing in a particular way, that can convey something to you. And it's interesting because we find throughout history, we, we find with early cultures, right, about like 25,000 years ago, they, they've, they found this amazing uh, rush of culture and art like that had never really been seen before in human history where um, land masses that were separated from each other uh, were rejoined and cultures that had been isolated from each other came together and you see you know all of this development you see you see buildings you see city centers you see musical instruments you see massive uh, cave paintings so before these people were actually communicating in a in a language such as English or one like that, or even as a symbol language, they were creating music and sharing that with each other to derive meaning about their experience, mm -hmm. which I, I just find to be super fascinating when you say something that you can't put a word on, it's because, you know, English or any language at all is a, is a construction which has allowed us uh, as as an animal species to ad advance and obviously communicate with each other but you can inherently sense that there are, are deeper forms of communication well it's limiting language. it's in a construct it exactly it's as a, opposed to that's exactly what I was getting at the yes. other stuff is beyond that right you know and uh, yeah it's just I mean <laughs> it's so exciting and yeah. just think you're a part of that you you're creating that which is yeah. Just awesome. awesome you know, it, awesome. It's, it's like when John Lennon wrote the song Imagine, right? That song's probably been played billions of times throughout the world, whether, you know, the song is actually being played and streamed or someone's just recreating it for themselves or someone else. That song created a cognitive shift in millions of human beings. Imagine there's no heaven. Oh, okay. That's a command, right? When you're listening to music, you're subconsciously receiving the commands of the music. Like the song Shout. You know you make me want to shout. Put my hands up and shout. Like, why is everyone putting their hands up and shouting? It's just a song. <laughs> you know, there, there are commands embedded in music. So that's a really important point too because a lot of people who maybe if they're feeling depressed or they're not feeling too great, they can actually send themselves further down that rabbit hole by listening to songs that reinforce that negative mindset. Or, you know, alternatively, you could listen change to a up. song that, right, changes it, changes it up. And like one thing that I, I really enjoy, um, not all, but there's, I have some really, really favorite hip hop artists that I love to listen to. There was a guy I just discovered the other day too. I just loved his his flow. And for me, it really didn't even matter what words he was saying. It was just something about the way he was saying them and kind of spitting them out like bullets, like rapid fire. 
something about that proved enjoyable to my brain. And I can't tell you why that is. I can only tell you that I like it. Mm -hmm. So this proves that there's a lot going on in our brains that we don't understand. Which, I mean, almost by necessity, because it's like when you look in the mirror and you look into your own eye and then you keep looking and you look a little closer and you look in the black of your eye and what do you see? You see your own face in the mirror because how can you understand what you or where you are understanding from? You know what I mean? It's like the eye trying to see itself. It's, it's an, yeah, it's we're getting, a, we're getting, it's a complete woo. contradiction. <laughs> so music has this power over people and that's why I feel this great sense of responsibility to, um, to share my thoughts and my art with other people because I realize how much I have benefited and I've been able to set up a really amazing life for myself. I need to share that gift with other people. I need to filter it back through the lens of Nate Jones and share that with other people where they say, hey, I heard Nate Jones' song this and now I believe I can do X or now I recognize that this is true or now I want to go hug my mom or you know whatever emotion I can make somebody feel mm -hmm. it's it's very important to be careful with those emotions mm -hmm. because we have a lot of art and culture out there um, you know we were talking about vision boards earlier and you know you got these magazines whether they're for men or for women there's an equal amount, but it manifests in different ways. There's always, all these magazines are trying to tell you that you need this, or you need more, or you need to be better, or you need perfect skin, or you need bigger biceps, or all, you know, all of this stuff is really just a cultural suggestion. And music is the ultimate cultural suggestion because it doesn't actually tell you really to do anything. It just puts ideas in your head. Mm -hmm. And then people can take those ideas and go in whichever direction they want to. Right, right. It, it's a tool, I think, for spreading awareness, for the universe to become even more conscious of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with intention. You know what I mean? Like you said, you you know you want to make sure that the message you're getting out. And I think if your intention is to do good, if your intention is to uplift or inspire then I don't think you can go wrong with that you know however mm -hmm. it comes out mm -hmm. um, because it's gonna resonate with a lot of people mm -hmm. um, in people in, in, in ways you, you had no idea you had no idea um, the influence that that you have in, in, in the simplest ways and it's really funny because you know you know, you, you think about, especially at my age, you start thinking about oh, how many years you got left and and what do you want to leave behind? What what mm -hmm. What's your legacy? Yeah. And um, and you hope that you, you help somewhere along the, the way. And I think you don't realize what your influence is. Um, matter of fact, like I said, I just had her birthday and Jocelyn's planning some kind of to do in the in the she said whatever it is it has to be outdoors and it has to happen in the summer even though my birthday's in January and so I said well one of the things that I would like is there's a, a questionnaire 
that it goes around on the, the, the Facebook every once in a while and it's like, where did you meet me? What was your first impression? You know, how did I influence you? What all that? And I would like everybody who comes to the party to, to fill that out because mm. I'd like to see what I think I really I'm- like that. Yeah, what I'm putting out and what you're receiving is important to me. Mm. You know, like how am I being seen? Because what I think I'm intending and what you are receiving could be miles away. Yeah. You know? That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or think so, if I my next birthday party, maybe I'll put that, put that little there. questionnaire on the back of the invitation. There you go. No, so so it was um, was it how do you see me or what um, impact have I, I left for you? I have to I have to I have to get it's a whole different <clears throat> thing, but where did we meet? Where did we how meet? did we meet? What was your first, first impression, impression of okay, me? Right. Um have I influenced you in any way? Yeah. Um Maybe your favorite qualities about me. Yeah, or, or like what that, or what what do you or, what do you think of when you think of me? Yeah. Or, you what know. about me makes you want to be my friend? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think you're gonna have to be on my birthday list to yeah. make sure you come there. Yeah, yeah. I'll fill one out. <laughs> <laughs> um but I also want to talk about some other creative things that you have going on, you know, um, just before uh, we wrap up, because you have this house, which is a big, huge creative project Ooh. going on. Yeah. Um, and it's looking really wonderful and, and serene. I love the blue walls. Yes. Um, really, really nice. Lots of artwork. If you notice right there, that's new. You haven't seen that. No, I did notice that. That is a map of the Pacific Ocean floor. Oh. So it's an elevation map that shows all the fault lines uh, wow. in the Pacific and it also shows all of the like underwater coral formations and ridges and you can sort of see where the movement has occurred over thousands of years yeah and you can see all the would-be mountains uh, you know mountain with just ranges the, yeah right, with just their little tiny tips sticking out. imagine you know how fast those those mountains would be if there were no water you could see them from miles and miles and miles away it's it's pretty cool when you really contemplate where we are <laughs> it's overwhelming it it's overwhelming and the fact that our planet is a speck in this galaxy and there's thousands of millions of galaxies like how do you even comprehend what's, all what's that? relativity <sighs> right because we've we've got our brain right here and there's there's joanne and there's nate having this conversation but this conversation is brought to you by the milky way right <laughs> or we could easily also say that the conversation is brought to us by photons or you know other subatomic particles it's all relativity we just kind of happen to fall somewhere right in the middle of the biggest and smallest things at least that we can see right because you know as you were sort of saying earlier some uh, messages that we don't necessarily know where they're coming from right like we can only see I think like 3% of the electromagnetic spectrum and we can only hear between 20 and 20,000 Hertz. So there's potentially unlimited uh, things, signals, whatever you want to call it, going on around us that we just have absolutely no way of detecting. Right. And I think that's why it's important to keep uh, digging in life, to keep turning over new leaves and saying, oh, like what would happen if we did this? Right. Right. And again, not to beat a dead horse, but creativity, opening yourself up, engaging your senses to yeah. actually uh, expand mm -hmm. and, and, and feel more and, and 
You know, and some of that is not going to feel great. No. But that's all part of it. It It's the whole spectrum. Right. um, In order to be. Yeah, you have to be whole. You know. Before we end, I want to know where you where you're going to be in uh, like the next few gigs. What do you got coming up? Okay, so so I'm actually super excited. Um, Tomorrow night I will be in the fabulous city of Newport, Mm -hmm. uh, right down by the marina. I'll be at the Gas Lamp Grill. Okay. 10 p.m. Oh wow. I know. Probably past your bedtime. (laughs) Yeah. 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. You know, that's that's one thing where you know when you're trying to figure out what you should be doing in life, kind of kind of look at what you're already doing Mm -hmm. and what feels comfortable and natural to you, and then maybe say, hmm. This is in perfect alignment. Like for example, me as a musician, I was already staying up till 2 a.m. every night of my life. Okay. Now as a musician, I have to. <laughs> so so it works out. There's really no, yeah, it's, oh, hey, this is a moment of congruence for me. Yeah. So I actually have two friends coming to visit me today. They were going to be here yesterday, but we had some flights delayed with all this, this crazy weather. So, um, two friends that I actually met at Blue Cliff Monastery in New York. Oh, nice. Through um, a mindfulness retreat. Um, they're going to be visiting me this week and coming to my shows. And we're going to be having like a big vegan uh, potluck here on Sunday night for some of my friends. Um, very excited to continue my spiritual practice and uh, advance with like minded people. Nice. Um, so, and then I'll be at, you might be able to come to this one, I'll be at the Westcott House in Coventry on Saturday. Saturday at, night? I believe it's 7 or 7.30. Okay. I want to say 7.30 actually. Alright. Um, Westcott, oh, in West Warwick? Uh, well, there's two. There is the one in West Warwick. Okay. They don't do live music. Okay. The Coventry one does. Alright. Yeah, it's on Tayo Avenue. Alright, maybe I'll get, because my, my girlfriend's supposed to come over. And uh, maybe we'll we'll have to come and check yeah, you out because yeah. I do want to get there. I'll play you some songs. All right, all right. You know, that my, sounds awesome. My singing is uh, something that in the past was a point of uh, embarrassment or shame for me, and now really? I'm sure you say that with a puzzled look on your face, having heard me sing maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. That you heard, you heard me sing in the class. At the class, day. yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always different though when you're performing one of your own songs or someone else's. Um, but I think a lot of people have that weirdness about, oh, the sound of my voice. Oh, I hate the sound of my voice. Oh, delete that recording. You know? I used to think I sounded like a guy. Yeah, <laughs> many, many people, and, and you know, it's it's funny because they say the first step to change or progress, right, is, is knowing where you are. Mm-hmm. But so many people will tell themselves, well, I love playing music, but I can't sing. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell it to you like it is. You just have never given yourself the opportunity to hear what you truly sound like. You never really got into the studio or got into a vocal booth and heard good quality microphones like all the singers and the stars have. Yep. You know, you're just going to record yourself or listen to a voicemail and say, Oh God, I could never do that. When in reality, there's there's nothing wrong with your voice. That would be like saying that that tree branch is growing in the wrong direction. <laughs> exactly. There, there could be there could be nothing wrong with yep. with your voice. So I I've found a lot of empowerment through music, and I find that I'm able to help other people say, hey, maybe I could give this a try. Yeah. You know? I have uh, my best friend. We were in college together, and we did a um, uh, a show for a senior thesis. And it was one act and 
little bits and pieces and I wanted to sing. I love to sing. And she did not sing. And she was like, I'm not singing. And I'm like, I'm going to sing. So she went and started doing voice lessons. Well, she like discovered that she had a voice (laughs) and like we were doing karaoke till it was like, till the cows come home. And she is like the first one to jump up and do karaoke now. Amazing, right? It is, it's all creativity. Okay. And I'm willing to bet that the rest of her life since that moment that she has conquered other fears that she has. I'm, yeah, absolutely. Because that's the one thing, you know, when people are feeling nervous, you're you're really hesitant to speak up. Like expressing something with your voice, whether it be words or a song, there's no better opportunity for rejection than that situation. Mm-hmm. So that's why people are really, really afraid of it. You know, if you if you try to do a dance move and you fall down, oh, it's kind of embarrassing. Or, you know, if you move the wrong way, oh, it's... But if you crack a note while you're singing or you, you know, you... People are very, very weird about how they sound. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting because I find a lot of people, too, will not let themselves be creative because they're already predicting a negative outcome. Exactly. Exactly. They haven't even opened their mouth. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you know, it's the shame thing. Mm -hmm. What if I'm bad? Yeah. What if I'm awful? What if someone makes fun of me? Then you laugh it off. Yeah. Okay. But I guarantee you that if you let go, Mm -hmm. which is hard, I'll be right there. It's hard. It is hard. But if you let go and just, just enjoy the process mm-hmm. you're gonna be amazed you're gonna yeah. be amazed one other thing um wh- do you know where you're gonna be next weekend just so that if this whenever i post this is that off the top do you have a website so i'm actually having a website developed right now okay uh, by a friend who lives in germany he is a corporate consultant and he's a really cool guy he wow. does, does a lot of awesome stuff um Next weekend, I will be at the Gridiron, which is in Warwick. Gridiron, okay. Gridiron Ale House, right by the airport. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've so, always wanted to go there, too. Okay, so that, cool. So those will all be advertised online. All right. Um, and now this Neapolitan, not Neapolitan, that's your group. The yes, other group that correct. you're going to be touring the country with. Right. Big Lonesome. Big Lonesome. Now, as those covers or those originals? We will throw one or two covers into the set just to kind of relate to the audience, maybe here or there in, in different cities. Um, one song we really like to do is Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Uh, but that music is all original. Okay. I have not contributed to the writing of that music because I'm basically, um, I'm like their touring drummer. Mm-hmm. So that music had all previously been written and I've been learning the catalog as we've been rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm kind of throwing my own flair, my own touch. Of course. There, you know, that's kind of a natural thing with, with drumming. Mm-hmm. You know, drummers. Well, can... music, it's a, it's a, you know, collaborative art, even it is. if it's already it's... on paper. And I'm glad you said that actually, because that's one really, really good thought to to reflect on is that music is really the only art form where people get together and create together live. Um, you know, mm. you, you got, you've got improv and mm-hmm. you've got plays and things like that. And you have, you know, movie skits and things like that. But there's this really cool thing about, well, it, it's, it's the toughest and coolest thing at the same time is that everyone is 
hearing something different when you're creating music.、Uh-huh. You know, like if you're with a group of people doing a skit, you know, whatever just got said, well, that's what was said.、Um, but with music, there are so many opportunities, especially the more instruments you start introducing, for vibrations to actually cancel each other out, and you'll think you're hearing something that you're not actually hearing. And because it's this invisible art form, it requires you to actually discipline yourself. And come back down to earth, collaborate with the people around you, so that you can all contribute to this work of art. But if you don't do that, then the entire thing just falls apart. Wow! And I find that really cool that we're, you know, I'm I'm in a band, right? Like we're banding together to do this. There, you can have music just one person. You can have a solo musical act. But when you have a band, it's just that much more special because a lot of times what people get off on, even more so than the music, is watching the musicians and watching the relationships happening between them, and the maybe the subversive communications and things that are happening that are pretty interesting to the audience. A lot of times, like you said, energy before.、Mm-hmm. If you go see a great show, you know the music could be really good, but if the energy's not there, you're probably not going to have a good time.、Mm-hmm. So it's really about the energy between the members, and it's just such a good microcosm for for life itself. Because as a collective society, we're attempting to work together to to bring objectives、uh, into the now, right? Out of the I don't want to say the future, but maybe out of the ether, the invisible realm. We're trying to say, okay, let's put our heads together and make something new,、mm-hmm. and that's. Really, just this continuous cyclical process, where music didn't always exist, but I can almost guarantee that music's not going away. Yeah, I can almost guarantee that there we will never have a world in which there is no music,、mm-hmm. because it it is one of the earliest and truest sources of creation or collaboration itself.、Mm-hmm. Right, like collaboration is what's really important. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Right, really is. thank you so much. Absolutely. I, I, we, really, we could go on forever. We could. <laughs> we're, we're in danger but, of、yeah. doing that. Um, but um, check out Nate, please. Um, and、uh, if you have any comments or questions,、uh, you know, email me at artistrycollaborative at gmail dot com. That's artistrycollaborative at gmail dot com. And、um, good luck, Nate. Thank you. Just you're wonderful. Thank you so much. We're going to be friends for life. <laughs> I sure hope so. Take care.